This is a Federal News Network podcast. You might have noticed the Postal Service has not received the largesse Congress has been heaping on others throughout the economy. The Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association has called for Congress to help out, especially the Postal Service and in particular its law enforcement components. Here with more, FLEOA President Larry Cosme. Larry, good to have you on. Uh, thank you, Mr. Temis, for having me on. I appreciate it. So give us a sense, uh, remind us, that the Postal Service has law enforcement components. It's not just all delivery and sorting people. No, absolutely. The Postal Service, first of all, I'd like to thank all the employees with the Postal Service. They are doing an outstanding job doing this global pandemic crisis. Certainly, most folks don't even think about Postal Service, but all those packages that folks are asking to be delivered, those are delivered by postal employees for the most part. But we do have three different components that we do represent within the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association. We have the postal inspectors that fall under the U.S. Postal Inspection Service. We have the Postal Inspector General's Office, and we have we're not their primary bargaining uh, agents, uh, but we do represent uh, postal police officers also. We've worked with their unions in the past and collaborated with them, with their union and, and the recruitment of members. We do represent those components, and they do have those three law enforcement components that we do represent within the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association. And I guess like other postal workers throughout the whole postal service system, they're kind of in a limbo because... They're always saying, well, we're not a federal agency. We are a private business that operates in competition with all of these other delivery companies. But yet those companies don't need 10 levels of approval from boards of governors and Congress to raise the price of a stamp two cents. You're absolutely right, Mr. Timmons. You have all these congressional mandates. And the way I equate it is to mandates that, like, say, the education departments have for, like, schools. You have all these mandates for the Postal Service And then I look at it as unfunded mandates. And I think that Congress has an obligation to fund the Postal Service completely and help them because these are mandates that the postal employees, they cannot wiggle their way around. And they have all these mandates and and, and rules and regulations that they have to abide by because they're set by Congress and these boards. And therefore, it's not like a private entity that can turn around and say, okay, we can hire X number of employees. We could reallocate X number of employees in the private sector is a little bit different because they don't have all these mandates on them. They just have, you know, different parameters to operate under. And that's what's happening in in the Postal Service. And Congress needs to really pay attention to them. They cannot treat them like stepchildren, you know, and this is no offense to stepchildren, but, you know, it's like the old story, like, oh, this is like the stepchild. I'm not going to treat them any better. No, they should be treated Stepchildren should be treated just as equally as if, if they're your own children. And I'm talking about these are federal employees, and that's the way I view them as the leader of the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association. And we know that the carriers are experiencing an explosion in work because of all of the packages being delivered. Everybody's ordering toilet paper and big boxes and this kind of thing. What are you hearing from the law enforcement parts of Postal? What's their tempo like now? Yes, they're out there. They're out in the field, and they're out there fielding their calls, out there, physical presence, making sure that their postal service is secure for those folks that are requesting all these packages to be delivered. These individuals that are behind the scenes, I say, they're ensuring that this is being delivered to your home, to your residence, to your business, or if you're still operational in in this tempo and you're still uh, open during this environment right now or when it's going to reopen. If you think about it, right now, the Postal Service is operating at a very high tempo. 
So think about it when these states throughout the nation start reopening the regular businesses that have been closed. Think about the operational tempo. It's going to be like quadruple fold because now these businesses are going to require a certain amount of goods that are going to have to be delivered. And the Postal Service is going to ramp up in terms of you know, delivered goods. So the men and women in all those three components I identified at the beginning of our conversation here with the Postal Inspection Service, with the Postal Inspector General's office and the Postal Police, they are working very hard. They're out there. They're making sure that the Postal Service is secure, that their employees are safe, you know, in, in this operating environment that we're operating uh, today. We're speaking with Larry Cosme, president of the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, And just to branch out to federal law enforcement generally, many of the FLIOA components throughout the federal government are not people that can telework, and they're often going to work situations which might be infected or difficult that you would have to go to anyway. What's the situation? Are they using their paid sick leave that was granted by Congress? Are they going in and muscling it through despite the situation? What's going on? No, they're, they're still out there in the field. They're on the front lines, just like the, the medical personnel that are treating the folks that are ill. These employees that we represent throughout the federal law enforcement community, which are 65 different federal law enforcement entities within the U.S. government, and it runs the gamut. Some are actually home because they're quarantined because of exposure, and, and a great majority of them are out there in the field, and obviously with a rotational basis because of you know, they have to always have a, a contingent that can respond to national security incidents. They, but they are out there. They're, they're wearing their uh, personal protective equipment that we've advocated for. We call it, They call it PPE in the federal budget and some of those uh, line appropriations. And we have advocated very hard for them to have the, that personal protective equipment with, with Capitol Hill and with the uh, Trump administration. We've also advocated very hard on their behalf to make sure that they have adequate personal protective equipment when they're out there performing their duties on behalf of the American public. You are former Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and those officers and also Customs and Border Protection are really often in the hot spots in more ways than one. And now with the coronavirus, I think it's an added element there. What do you hear from those people out on the real front lines? Oh, absolutely. I retired as a special agent with Homeland Security Investigations, which is a component of ICE. They're encountering all different facets. Uh, you know, they, they normally had to, you know, a lot of these folks wore, uh, you know, the PPEs when you're dealing with, you know, land border issues and, and you're getting folks that are coming, these immigrants that are coming from abroad, and you don't know what kind of communicable diseases they may have. I'm not saying that all do, but you have to protect yourself, you know, in, in these environments. And now it's even threefold because of the coronavirus, they're definitely, uh, I mean, things have slowed down a little bit, but I, I believe they're going to ramp up again because of, you know, immigration is a hot button issue in this country. And, uh, and I'm glad that the border, both at land, air and sea have, you know, have been uh, tightened up and then should be continued to tighten up. And obviously the, with the protection of the men and women that we represent at these locations, because it's tough, it's not easy. It's around the clock. It's not something that you could turn off a light switch and say, well, you know what, I'm going home tonight because uh, I'm done doing my work. No, it's not a nine-to-five job. This is a 24-7 job, and these men and women are out there, uh, you know, the U.S. Border Patrol agents, and obviously they have their union that they're represented by, and the ICE agents that are out there, and all the other different components. You have, I know on the border, uh, because I worked the border before my retirement recently, um, on the border, you have like 
12 different federal agencies that have been out there supporting the mission to secure our border and secure our nation. So it's a public health issue that we're concerned about, but it's obviously an issue that this public health is, is affecting the, the uh, general public, but it's affecting the men and women on the front lines you know, with all these different agencies that are out there. We have the U.S. Coast Guard personnel that we also represent in CGIS, uh, the uh, investigative services with the U.S. Coast personnel, the uniformed Coast Guard folks that are out there, the U.S. Border Patrol that are represented, obviously, by their union, but we also have a component of folks that we represent in that area. We have the Air and Marine folks. We have the ICE agents and officers with the enforcement removal operations, and we represent these folks, and they're on the front lines every day. They, they don't go home and say, okay, I'm not going to go show up to work today. Uh, but we do have some of these folks that are obviously in quarantine because of the circumstances of the exposures because it's day in and day out. And, and, uh, and it's on a case-by-case basis. So it, it's, it's, it's a very dangerous environment that they're operating in right now because it's the unknown enemy, basically. Larry Cosme is president of the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Mr. Timmons. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Deliver the Federal Drive to your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.